You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MZBC Students. Most of you were two days away. For those of you who go to private school, I'm sorry you got another week and a half. Um, but uh, I won't make any jokes about public and private schools. I'll just tell you what side I'm on. I went to a public school. So um, that means private schools are way better. Um, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so I know you're tired. I know you're ready for a break. Maybe you can just pay attention for 15 minutes. You good? I'm not going to promise that it's only going to be 15 minutes, but I'm going to try 15, 18 minutes, right? Good? Now hang in there, pay attention as much as you can, right? Uh, I'm just going to trust that if you've got your phone, you're actually looking at the Bible and not like Instagram or something. Um, be great. All right, so we're continuing our series uh, where we look at either a teaching of Jesus or a story about Jesus and learn something about how we should live the way he taught and the way he lived. Um, for your information, a week from today, so next Wednesday, because it's spring break for most everyone, there is no greenhouse. Oh, sad. You guys are like, I don't care. Uh, but two weeks from tonight is when we'll have we'll be back full on greenhouse again, uh, and that'll be the last of this series where we're looking specifically at the life of Jesus. So I'm trying to pack in uh, a bunch of stuff. So we're looking at two different thoughts, but I think they're connected in a lot of ways. Um, one of those, like I said earlier, we're looking at the let your yes be yes, your no be no. Uh, and then another one is we're going to be looking at uh, how to be great, like how to be awesome, right? Awesome. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I'm sorry. Uh, so let's, let's start here. What does, what does the culture, the world you live in, school, sports, whatever, um, what does it look like to be great, like to be popular, to be famous, whatever? What do, what do you have to do? What do you have to be like? Yeah. Athletic? He's like, maybe athletic. I don't know. I mean, if you play a sport, if you play a sport, it'd probably be good to be athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Cool shoes. All right. Pretty, strong. Yeah. If you remember D-Now, we kind of look, looked at this list a little bit, but... Uh, give me some more. You gotta be able to dab well. All right, fair enough. What'd you say? I'm gonna hold off. I don't want to shatter anybody's mind. Um, I'm, I'm ready, man. Let's do this. What else? What else you have to do to be great or to be cool? Yeah. Good looking? Yeah, yeah. Be with the majority? Yeah, yeah. Go with the flow, even though that even though the cool thing to do is say be unique. But if everybody's unique, then nobody's unique, right? Um, yeah. Can't be shy. All right. A couple more things. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Funny. I got a hand over here. I see that. I did, I did. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I told you I'm fucking jerking. You told me that. And then they give us a 
hit a sore spot, apparently. All right. Fair enough. All right. So a lot of what you said, most, most everything in what you said, uh, to, to be considered great, cool, whatever, uh, ghost. Speaking of ghosts, side note, I think it's in, the, I can't remember if it's in the guy's bathroom or the girl's bathroom, but there's this picture of this girl, it's like the little girl that's like super creepy, uh, and uh, we like to call her Leslie and say that she haunts the church, so that's free. Um, <clears throat> so I hope that you have nightmares about a girl haunting the church named Leslie. Uh, you're welcome. <clears throat> it's not quite like the ring. Uh, <laughs> All right, all right, all right. That was, that was me getting on a rabbit trail I shouldn't have. Focus back in. That was my fault. That was totally my fault. All right, so all these things that you listed, a lot of it boils down to you be, being focused on what? Huh? No, like what we just talked about, what the world wants you to be. Who, who or what do you have to be focused on? Yourself, right? You got to be... You got to be focused on yourself because you got to spend time to fit the bill, right? You got to constantly be checking yourself to make sure that you're wearing the right stuff, saying the right words, doing the right things, right? So it's all about self. Let's see what, uh, let's see what Jesus has to say about this. Uh, turn to Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 20. Matthew 20, and we're going to be in verse uh, 20, and we're going to go through 28. Matthew 20, 20 through 28. It's a lot of 20s, I know. You can do it, I promise. There? Almost? What? Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. That's where we start. Good? Chapter 20, verse 20. I'll give you just another second, and then we're going to jump in. Another second. phones work better that way? <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to read. Uh, some context. This is Jesus and the disciples hanging out, right? So here we go. Verse 20. The mother of the sons of Zebedee, um, other places in the Bible you find out that these are James and John, two of the, two of the 12 disciples, James and John, their mom uh, came up to uh, him uh, with her sons talking, to, to Jesus, talking about Jesus. So she came up to Jesus uh, and kneeling before him, she asked him uh, for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two, pointing, uh, these two sons, pointing at her sons of mine, uh, are to sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your kingdom. We'll talk about that in a second, what that means. Verse 22, Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup? that I am able to drink. He's talking about the suffering and the punishment that he's about to go through because he dies on the cross, right? Uh, and he's told them a lot of times about what's coming. So he says, are you able to drink from the cup that I'm about I'm to drink? They, the two sons, James and John, said to him, we are able. Verse 23, he said to them, you will drink my cup, meaning you will suffer as well, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those uh, for whom it has been prepared by my father. So God is the one who gets to choose. He sits on Jesus' right and left. Uh, and when the, the other ten heard it, 
They were indignant, which means they were mad. They were frustrated uh, at the two brothers. We're almost done reading. Here we go. Uh, but Jesus called them uh, to him and said, so at this point, Jesus brings all 12 in, and he says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and, the, uh, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Verse 28, and then we're done reading. Uh, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this is the scene, okay? The twelve are hanging out, sitting around. And then these two mama's boys, James and John, apparently, uh, send their mom up there. And mom comes up and asks Jesus if her sons can sit at his right and left hand, right? So in this day, a lot of when we think about kings, we think of like King Arthur and, and that kind of stuff. This is not quite what it looked like, right? This was several centuries before King Arthur, assuming he existed. Um, the way kings would sit in their little courtroom, their little area, they would sit on their throne, and then there would be a chair on, on the right side of him and a chair on the left side of him, and these would be his two most honored guests, usually some high-up-ranking generals or whatever, his confidants, his uh, wise men, whatever he chose, uh, whoever he chose. It was rarely the queen at this point in time. The queen would hardly ever, she would actually have to have permission to even come before the throne as well, right? So these two people would be like second and third most important people in the kingdom. So this mom knows that Jesus is going to sit on a throne in heaven, right? Jesus is going, is king, is going to be king, is going to sit at, uh, in a th- sit on a throne in heaven. And so she knows, by way of the world works in her in her life, that there are going to there's going to be a chair on each side of Jesus' throne, and somebody's got to sit there, and and they're important people, right? If, if you're sitting next to the king, then you're important. So she wants her sons to be those too. And she asked Jesus, and what does Jesus say? And he says, it's not up to me, right? He says, that's, that's for God to choose, uh, not me. So these positions are so important that not even Jesus himself gets to choose, even though he is God. We won't get into that. Um, but he goes on to say, uh, in these last few verses, he says, now, the, the authorities, the rulers, so the kings, the people who are like governors and things like that, over the Gentiles, remember Gentiles are people who are not Jewish, right? What does he say about them? What does he say? You that tired? You forgot it already? Yeah? It's like, uh... So they, he, they, they hold it over them. So they, the authority that they've been given, they take advantage of, right? They're selfish. They use their authority for selfish gain is what he's saying. So the, the rulers and authorities over the Gentiles use their power for selfish gain. But then what does he say? He says, but not so for you guys, right? He's talking to his 12 disciples, but these are, uh, these are things that ring true throughout the centuries for all Christians, Right? That it's not so among us. If, we're, if someone is in a place of power in, in our realm as a Christian, how are they supposed to act? Based off of what we just read. He says, if any of you 
uh, is great, you have to be what? What's the word he uses? You can look back in there. It's open book test. You're good. Huh? No, let her down. Let her down. He says, if, uh, if any of you is to be great, you have to be what? Slave. slave. So he uses two different forms of this. One time he says servant, and the other time he says slave. What is a servant? Person that serves you? Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Uh, so what, what do our servants uh, important people? No? They're not treated that way, not usually, right? If you're a slave, what does that mean? Lots of opinions on what a slave is. All right. You're the lowest of the low. That's what I heard over here. That's, cl- that's mostly true. There were actually some various levels of, of slaves and that sort of deal. But you were basically owned by someone else, right? You were under the rule and power of somebody else, and you had no authority uh, over anything, and you had to do what they said. So what he says, in the kingdom of heaven, so in, this, in Christianity, when we want to be great, when we want to be known by God, the way we do that is that we humble ourselves to serve others. Our culture that you guys are trying to wade your way into and figure out and and that kind of stuff, and they're trying to teach you a whole bunch of stuff, is going to tell you that you need to look out for number one, right? You got to look out for yourself. You've got to be whatever so that you can be famous. You can be rich. You can have all these things. You've got to look out for yourself. You've got to be selfish. It doesn't matter what you do to other people. It doesn't matter what you say. All those kinds of things, right? They try to give good lip service to being good, but ultimately that's not the point, right? They're want, in this world, to be great, you have to be focused on yourself. Jesus, in a lot of his teachings, kind of takes... Uh, this culture in his day, and it's so prevalent in our day, and flips it upside down, and he says, no, 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 no. For you to be great in God's eyes is you have to think about others. The way you live, uh, the things you say, the things you do are supposed to be focused on others. Make sense? So the first point uh, for tonight uh, is, is just that. To be great is to be selfless, right? To be great is to be selfless. Let's go over and look at another uh, teaching of Jesus. We're actually going to go back a few chapters to chapter 5 in Matthew. So same book, just go back a few pages to chapter 5. How many of you have ever been trying to convince somebody, like you're trying to tell somebody something that's like really big or exciting or hard to believe, and you, and you had to say like, no, I promise, like, I swear, I swear it's true, right? How many of you ever had to do that, right? <laughs> right? You had to do that, and now promising or swearing, not like cuss words, but like swearing, uh, like an oath or something, uh, those kind of things, they can be used for good, like you're trying to prove something, like, no, I promise this is true, but it can also be used for manipulation. Uh, some examples from my own life. Uh, I'm the oldest of four kids, right? So I'm, I'm the oldest child. We're the best. It's cool. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. 
Uh, as an older brother, it was, it was my duty, uh, duty, it was my duty to pull pranks uh, and mess with my younger brother and sisters, right? Right? I'm, I was a terrible kid, right? I'm sorry. Uh, so I was, I was an absolute jerk to my little brother. He would probably attest to that. Uh, we mostly have a good relationship now. He texts me every once in a while, like, what's up? Um, that kind of thing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he doesn't talk to me at all. No, I'm just kidding. We talk, we talk, we talk. Uh, so my brother, Garrett can attest to this. He's, he's the oldest. Uh, he's got a, a little brother that he's messed with a lot. I've heard some stories. Anyway, so this, here's, here's one example of the things that I did to my brother. <clears throat> I don't even remember what it was now, but there was some kind of food or something. We love food in my family, right? Um, there was some kind of food or something that I had, like, doused in, uh, it was either Tabasco or habanero sauce. I can't remember. It was just hot sauce, right? I just, like, soaked it in this hot sauce. Uh, and I, like, was like, JC. So I'm JJ. My brother's name is JC. I was like, JC, you need to eat this, man. It's the best thing ever. I promise. I promise. This is the best thing you'll ever eat. He was like, well, my brother said he promises. All right. And he eats it. And then he's just like, oh! Like, right, this thing's, this thing's, like, really hot. And to make it worse, um, I was like, here's a glass of water for you that I had prepared. It was actually Sprite, right? If you know anything about hot, like, spices, carbonation just intensifies it, right? It makes it worse. So I was like, oh, here's some water for you. And he, like, takes a sip, and then he's just like, ah! Like, starts running around the house, like, ah! Like, runs to the fridge and, like, opens it up and, like, grabs milk. It's just like, like, trying to chug the milk, Right? I think we're maybe like 11 and 9 or something. I can't remember. We were young. Uh, (laughs) uh, So at this point, I had used uh, promising in a manipulative way. Right? (laughs) How could you do this? Um, He's got scars in many, many ways. Uh, All right. So let's see what Jesus has to say about something like this. Well, he doesn't talk to my specific situation, but promising or swearing, uh, taking an oath, those kinds of things. So we're in chapter 5, verse 33. You there? Again, you have heard uh, that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, uh, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Meaning, if you make an oath, if you swear to something, you better fulfill it, right? If you promise something, you better keep your promise. So Jesus is saying, you've heard that said, verse 34, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all. So don't even, don't promise anything. Don't swear, don't take an oath. Here we go. So don't take an oath at all, even by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is uh, his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Verse 36, and do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Verse 37, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So apparently some of the things that they swore by in that day, like if you took an oath, you'd say, well, I swear by heaven or I swear by Jerusalem, which was like their big famous city where the temple was and all that kind of thing, right? So when they promised something, they'd be like, 
I swear that I'll pay back this debt on the city of Jerusalem, right? Or on my head, like you can kill me or whatever, da, da, da. But Jesus is saying, here's the deal. Already, these are false promises because you have no control over heaven. You have no control over the city of Jerusalem. And he says, even beyond that, you don't even have the control of the color of your hair. Now, obviously, there's like dye and things like that. Let's not get too technical. Uh, but you can't just be like, now I want my hair to be blue, <laughs> right? Or now I want my hair to be white, <laughs> right? You can't do that. You can't control your, the color of your hair is whatever you genetically are supposed to be, right? So if you're genetically supposed to be a redhead, then you're going to be a redhead, right? You can't control that. So Jesus is saying, making, making an oath or swearing by these things is already false. So don't do that. And he says, but don't even do it at all. When you say something, you either say, yes, this is true, or you say, no, this is not true. You should be, we, me, we should be trustworthy people, Christian or not, right? You should be trustworthy people. As you go about your life and you tell somebody something, you shouldn't have to promise uh, and swear on the Bible or any of that kind of stuff. Your word should just be true. Does that make sense? We should be a trustworthy people. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had to do the whole deal of like, no, I promise, I swear on, you know, Zeus's grave or whatever, you know, I'm just, uh, by the, the beard of Odin, I don't know, um, to convince people of things. And some of it is because our culture in general is just skeptical uh, of a lot, right? But then some of it is because I, as a person, for a long time, just wasn't, I just wasn't trustworthy, right? So from this point forward, as you go through your life, when you say something, let it be true, right? Let your word be real, which means that you have to say true things. Be honest, be trustworthy. Now, people may still want you to prove it or to swear on it and that kind of stuff. You can say, look, man, I say this is true, you either believe me or you don't, right? So we are to be a trustworthy people. So two points tonight is to be great in in God's eyes, is to serve others, and that we should be trustworthy people. Let me pray, then we'll go to small group. Father, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, uh, move in our hearts and show us ways uh, that we can be more trustworthy, Lord, and that, uh, that we can serve others. Help us now as we move into time of discussion uh, to be able to, to think through our lives and to discuss uh, things and make a plan uh, for the future from this day going forward to live the way that you would have us to live. In Christ's name I pray, amen.